the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com, 402. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Forecast calling for a kind of cloudy evening, low 29. A lot of clouds tomorrow, maybe a bit of sunshine, 43 the high, so it warms up just a bit. Then Friday, continuing to warm up some, may get to as high as 50. Staying cloudy and probably some rain, especially in the afternoon and or evening. Sixers home against Brooklyn tonight. Flyers are at Calgary. And uh, later on the weekend, the Eagles at the Rams for Sunday night football, 8-20. Sunday night kickoff. Uh, Wanna, before we get into the program, want to remind you or let you know that you are welcome to call, email, uh, email text, that kind of thing with the radio station. There's a bunch of different ways to do that during the program. So our toll-free number is 800-560-WFIL. Nice and easy to remember. 800-560-9345. You're welcome to call in any time. We have the uh, hardest working producer in Philadelphia radio between 402 and 45850. Joe Harnett, and he'd be glad to pick up your call. If you want to hop on and we're talking about certain things, you're welcome to do that. Even just say hello. That's all good. You can also text in if that's easier for you. 610-500-DOVE is the number for that. 610-500-3683. You can jot that down. And we have the email thing going as well. Just send the note to Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. We're on Facebook, too. Not uh, not the video kind, just if you want to check out WFIL on Facebook or on Twitter. Simply search, uh, you know, in the respective search fields, AM560 WFIL. You can follow us. You can like us. You can uh, keep up on contests. That's why we're doing it, actually. And on programs that we're doing on the station, be encouraged. And then, of course, you can comment and message and retweet and all those good things. So we're connected in lots of different ways, and we hope that you feel that way, too. And that you are welcome to uh, reach out and be a part of the program. Whether you have a question or just want to chime in, uh, we have some theme days we're thinking about. And we'll invite more audience participation, if you will. One other quick note, uh, WFIL has something very cool going. And it's only going to be going for about another week. So, you you know, sometimes you hear about these things, you're like, I'll get to it. If you can, just take a second and swing by our site for the Christmas Mortgage Miracle. That is where you could have your mortgage or rent payments made for you by us for all of next year. A miracle gift, so to speak, valued up to $15,000. That'd be really nice. Now, the Rewards Club is free. It's been around for a long time. It has a lot of good perks in it. You can get free stuff. You can win movie passes and concert tickets. And every now and again, we have a big prize. This is maybe the nicest prize we've ever had. So uh, take part in that. It's just free to join the Rewards Club. And you sign up for the contest, and who knows? You know, you could win. That would be really nice. I'll be rooting for you. WFIL.com is where you go. There's a Christmas Mortgage Miracle banner right there. Can't miss it. 
hop in. We're going to come back in a moment with a gentleman named Joe Cullen. He's with the Knights of Columbus. And I don't know if you saw this, but there was a piece of legislation that was passed just yesterday called H.R. 390, the Iraq and Syria Genocide Relief and Accountability Act of 2018. It's a really neat story. And we're going to get into that in just a second here with Joe Cullen from the Knights of Columbus on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 409 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in. You can listen in, by the way, you know, online and uh, on the air. Also with the app, if you do not have that yet, it's free to download from WFIL.com. And you can carry us with you wherever you go. We're very lightweight, so it's easy to take us around. And we have the Alexa thing going. I don't know if you do the Alexa deal, but if you have that, uh, we're Alexa compatible on your device. Uh, you simply, uh, you know, the smart speaker thing. You go to uh, uh, Alexa, say, you know, you say, Alexa, activate 560 WFIL skill. And then you go to your app, find skills, activate it, and you're set. It's really very easy. Uh, after Alexa confirms, anytime you want to listen to the station, you just say, Alexa, play WFIL. Uh, you can say, please. I think that will not disrupt anything, and it's polite. So we want to continue now on our uh, program with Joe Cullen. He is from the Knights of Columbus, and a piece of legislation, very important, was actually passed yesterday. We're glad you can be on the show. Joe, how are you doing? Very good. Thank you, Tim. Good. Thank very you. Good. Thank you for coming on the program. Uh, we got some you know, very timely things going on and with the Knights of Columbus and the uh, passage of H.R. 390, which we're going to get into in a minute. But uh, before that, you know, folks – May I very well have heard of the Knights of Columbus a lot of times. I know I have. Uh, I've provided DJ service for weddings and events at Knights of Columbus venues. But if you ask me to tell you more, I'd only have been able to probably guess in general terms. There's philanthropy going on, but I really wouldn't know a whole lot more. So if you would, we could just start off. You could share a bit what uh, Knights of Columbus is and what they do. Sure. The Knights of Columbus is an organization of of Catholic laymen of uh, almost 2 million members. Uh, mostly in North America, Mexico, Canada, and the United States. Yeah. And the organization is a fraternal one. It's, it's for members to work together, support each other in the living of their Christian faith and to, um, and when, and, uh, financially in, in, in difficult times. It was founded at a time when a lot of the uh, members were immigrants and were doing manual labor in the 1880s in, in New England. Specifically in Connecticut, and Father Michael McGivney realized that they were very often dying without being able to pass anything on to their loved ones, their wife and their wives and children. And so it really became an organization that was very much focused on widows and orphans. That a way by which, when a member dies, that financial resources could be provided to the family, and that eventually became a life insurance company, which it is to this day. Very interesting. the, the two components are, well, three components would be, it's a way for men to, to support each other and share their faith, their, their common uh, identity, and their interest in, in living good Catholic lives, number one. Number two, in deepening their faith through various ways and means. And number three, service, which is what a lot of people know as far as being involved in, in different service projects to support all manner of charity. And in this case, the bill was passed yesterday where we were advocating and raising awareness about 
persecuted the Christians and other religious minorities in the Middle East is something that we've always had a certain hand in. We did that with um, the believers of any any belief, really, in Mexico in the 1920s were targeted for persecution. Hmm. The Knights petitioned the U.S. government to intervene, to get involved, to draw attention to it. We were um, very much opposed to the KKK and and had a number of controversies with them. And so this, we felt, was very much within our legacy to speak up for the Christians in the Middle East, who are of various denominations, to speak up for them and, and defend their right to be there. They, the Christian Church, of course, has existed in these areas, Syria and Iraq, that dates back to almost apostolic times. Yep. yep. People, people forget that the Church was born there. Right. Joe Collin, Knights of Columbus, is with us. H.R. 390 is what he's mentioning uh, passed yesterday, the Iraq and Syria Genocide Relief and Accountability Act of 2018. Uh, maybe you could share, if you would, you know, in a nutshell, what the bill is actually about. Well, the bill kind of gives voice to the fact that the United States in 2016, under the Obama administration, declared that a genocide was taking place in, in Iraq and Syria, and that it was targeting a number of religious groups, including and probably especially Christians, but also Yazidis were the Yazidis were another group that was was targeted yeah. in, in a prominent way. From that, various aid programs have have developed to come to the assistance of the affected people, and including um, uh, ways in which non-governmental bodies can serve as a conduit to support. Right. For, for that area, which is very important. That was that that agreement was with the U.S. AID uh, last month or so, about six weeks ago. They there was a, a memorandum of understanding that was published by them. This gives greater legislative authority to it. Yeah. But it also authorizes financial and technical assistance for humanitarian stabilization and recovery needs for former and current minority residents in those countries. Also, like I said before. The aid can come through government entities or also faith-based groups, such as the Knights. We've raised and committed about $20 million, starting back in 2014, before there was any government movement on it. We raised that money as we promoted the the, the plight of these folks right. and called for greater you know, U.S. and international support for them. Sure. Also, another interesting thing about this law, too, is that it allows the State Department to conduct criminal, I mean, they'd have to use other federal agencies often for this, but to, you know, investigate and apprehend those folks, like often ISIS members, who are showing warning signs of genocide and who are making threats so mm. that the people can't be intimidated. Having you know? it, uh, having it in, in law obviously adds a lot of muscle, uh, you know. Whether, sure. whether things are legal or not, or whether they're in law or not, as you mentioned, you, know, you can still love your neighbor and you can still do what you can, but it certainly right. helps to have the government on your side. And what's kind of cool about this, you know, the, the, one of the cool things is the bipartisan nature of it. Uh, it, it went through both what the, the House and the Senate completely unanimously, right? Oh, yes. And this from the beginning, from the very beginning, this issue, starting back in 2014, has been supported by both Democrats and Republicans. And in fact, the main sponsor of this bill was Representative Chris Smith, a Republican from New Jersey. Yeah, local. But his co-sponsor was Anna Eshoo from California, who was a Democrat. Yeah, 
Isn't that neat? So, <laughs> yeah, cool. no, it's, it, you know, in this day and age in which we're constantly being told that, you know, and it's tr- and, and on so many issues, we do have deep, deep divisions. It is really a beautiful, been a beautiful part of this that both parties, all the candidates in 2016 were supportive of this. When, once the, the State Department under John Kerry declared the genocide, and even before that, they were, they were supportive. So it's been a purple issue to use a popular right. image. And, and that's really, really something to be grateful for and to hold up and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we can do this on other things, too. You know, we can get together and maybe solve some other problems. That would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Joe Collin, the uh, Knights of Columbus, on our uh, show today, talking about the bill that was just passed, H.R. 390, the Iraq and Syria Genocide Relief and Accountability Act of 2018. We'll continue our conversation with him in just a couple seconds here on AM560 WFIL at WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 420 AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You listen to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. And by the way, you can catch podcasts of the previous programs at WFIL.com. There's a tab right across the top of the homepage a drop-down menu for not just the afternoon show, but also for a lot of other programs you hear on WFIL. So help yourself spread the word. Let other people know they can listen at their convenience. I like interaction as it's happening, as the world has shifted in this direction where people do podcasts and they listen kind of on their own. Uh, a part of me gets that. Life is busy, and that may be the only way you can really do it. But I also enjoy building a sense of community kind of in real time, like tune in, call in, let's let's have an event. So... Uh, but we do want the podcast thing to be there for, for folks, and a lot of people do take advantage of it. So you're welcome to do that. Just to give an idea, some of the guests we've had on in the past week or two include uh, Jim Maxim, director of Acts 413 Ministries, who closes out this program each day with prayer. Candace Payne, otherwise known as Chewbacca Mom, which was the number one video on Facebook a couple of years back, had uh, close to, I think it was a couple hundred million views. And it's, it's a great story. She has a, a journal out now. I'll consider it joy. Uh, we had a guy named Fred Strathmeyer on recently. He's a deputy secretary for Pennsylvania's plant industry and consumer protection. I was actually thinking of Fred, uh, even though we don't know each other, when I was out with my eight-year-old a couple of nights ago doing Christmas tree shopping. We were just looking as much as she wanted to buy. We were just comparing prices. It's not always that, you know, it's kind of expensive at, at times, but it was fun walking around and looking at the different kinds. And uh, he gave some tips as to what you should look for, Mr. Strathmeyer. Uh, His family actually had sold Christmas trees for almost 40 years. So he knows what he's talking about. And we just had him on kind of as a public service, things to look for. One of the things he had talked about, just as a side note, was how you're supposed to bang the tree before you bring it in the house, like on the cement or whatever, to shake loose some things. I was talking with someone here at the state. I'm thinking, oh, okay. I guess I'm used to just buy a tree that's going to fit. Will it fit in the house? Does it look like the branches will hold the ornaments and that kind of thing? But he was saying, no, you really got to be careful because there are a lot of pests that can be in the trees. And someone at the station I was talking to said, yeah, the one year they forgot to do that. And they had all kinds of bugs and stuff that they weren't aware of. And even the dog got, you know, they had to hose the dog down or whatever to get rid of all the bugs. So if you want to catch that podcast, uh, they're all labeled so you can see what guests were in which shows. So, again, help yourself to that at WFIL.com. Um so that's uh, available to you anytime you like. But we want to continue our conversation now. Joe Cullen with the Knights of Columbus is our guest. Uh, you know, and, and again, people have heard in general terms, 
yeah, they know ISIS. They've seen images. They've heard of individual situations that have happened over the last number of years. But uh, something maybe a little more concrete for people to consider, according to the State Department's annual reports uh, on international religious freedom, the number of Christians living in Iraq has gone way, way down over the past 15 or so years, like a 1.4 million to barely a quarter million. Like, I mean, it's a... Maybe some of that's displacement. They flee for their lives, and others, no, they didn't. They didn't even get a chance to do that. Yes, sadly, but most of it is fleeing. And what what this does, what this aid permits, uh, and commitment and protection from the outside world, tells these communities, you have a future here. Give it time. Give it a a chance. And and hopefully we'll we'll urge others to come back yeah. because it would be a great loss to the universal church to lose the Christian faithful of the Middle East. There's many countries involved. Right. For instance, Egypt, the, the Coptic church has been in Egypt forever, and it has been harder and harder for them. They have been singled out there. As listeners will recall, over the last couple of years, there's been over church bombings and yeah. and things. So, well, In Syria, it talks about, the, you know, also, the, we mentioned the bill talking about Iraq and Syria specifically, but in, in Syria with the Civil War, uh they're that similar, the Christian population has fallen tra- dramatically, 60, 70% from 1.4 million yeah. to about 450,000. So it's, you know, whether it's through uh, attacks or whether it's through just fear and they leave, in the end, the result is somewhat the same because now the area, is, it doesn't have any believers in it. So <laughs> like you're talking about, you want to be able to to support those who are there and perhaps draw some folks back and, and have a presence in these regions. And there's another great value in that. There's a great value in that. If you have minority communities, it, it, it helps the other people, the larger population, to understand that there are other groups of people, and there is such a thing as a, you know pluralism. Without without, if you if you have just one group, you don't have any level of pluralism, and that that of course is is deleterious. I mean, it's not it's not healthy for society. Yeah. To um to 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 especially by these means to have driven people out who have been there for almost 2,000 years. I mentioned those numbers, too, uh, about the, the, the reduction or, or, or you know, the declining number of Christians in Iraq and Syria, uh, not to cause despair, but to help people have something more concrete than just the general idea, yeah, ISIS is bad and they don't like Christians. It, it really has been a tremendously negative effect. Um, and, and also, similarly, I ask you this next question, just again for an appreciation we live in a, a very fast-paced society that keeps accelerating, but to just pause and let it, let it sit for a minute, that this really, the passage of this bill uh, just yesterday, H.R. 390, the Iraq and Syria Genocide Relief and Accountability Act of 2018, has been a really long time in coming. <laughs> so, I mean, there were a, a number of years, really, to get this to happen, even though it was unanimous. Did you, uh, did you ever wonder if it was going to finally happen, or just you knew it would be a matter of time, or just took longer than you might might think. That's an interesting question. It, it, as someone said, you know, just the other day, to, in this very context, in fact, it was Carl Anderson, our, our CEO, yeah. the Supreme Knight of the Anticlums, he said, we have a very big country and a very big government, and it's not easy to move it. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. and, it, and, and, and this, things do take time, and they do take... Um, consensus building and reaching across the aisle and gaining a consensus over a period of time that says we can do this. There's no, there's no 
legal reason why you can't work with non-government organizations, including faith-based groups, in getting aid to people who are clearly been persecuted. And yeah. there's nothing, nothing to impede that in our Constitution. And, um, but it takes time. It takes time to line things up, who's going to, to do what, and, and how we're going to approach this problem. And that's why the response of, of faithful Christians in sending aid to these communities, starting back in, 19, in 2014, was so important because it gave them um, two things. One, material help, and two, a sense that they have not been forgotten. Hmm. That the matters. outside world has not forgotten them. That matters so much no matter who you are, you know? Yes. That you're not forgotten, you're not alone. Christmas time can even be a time where that, that's accentuated if you something's happened recently or estrangement of some sort or a loss of a family member and maybe mm-hmm. now you're a smaller group and you're kind of like, anyone remember, anybody care, I'm here. So that's a great yeah. point. Um, one last thing for you, Joe. If uh, In terms of practically speaking then, the funds that uh, Knights of Columbus have been able to invest in this process and also help bringing the aid in, and in the future, moving forward, what are some ways that HR 390 can specifically, you know, maybe just an example of, of how they could be put to good use, whether it's prevention, like maybe some people not fleeing because they don't feel forgotten, or whether it's they had uh, their area was devastated, they're still staying, but now they need help rebuilding their community or things like that? Well, yes, the, the, this, there is a big need to rebuild. There was a deliberate effort to destroy, for instance, churches, to desecrate cemeteries, to make people feel their homes were taken from them. Mm. They were driven out and other people took them over. Well, the homes, and they're not going to get them back, quite honestly, the homes. Yep. If, if there's people living there now, that's not going to be difficult. So we, we're, we're, we're building them new homes. Wow. And um, re- rebuilding to some extent and repairing the churches and, of course, the cemeteries. That's where, where money is going, to all these things, all aspects of, of life, both communal places where people get together as a group and individual homes. And, um, and it, it's, it's that basic. I mean, they really did want to, ISIS and, and that sort, did really want to send the message that you're done here, you're never going to get back what you had. And so... Wow. <clears throat> They're getting it back. They're getting those who stayed and who have come back, because um, many of them were refugees in, in refugee camps and other countries like Jordan, and now they're, they're able to come back to, to Iraq. And uh, so they're getting... It's, it's very important that, that they be able to rebuild right in their old, like on the Nineveh Plain where the Christians have lived for more than a millennium, far more than one millennium, millennium and a half at least, in most towns, and um, so so that they they can recapture what was always what they were accustomed to. This is great. This is a you know great things going on. And the passage again, uh, HR three ninety, just yesterday, the Iraq and Syria Genocide Relief and Accountability Act of twenty eighteen, putting some extra muscle behind the relief efforts that are already you know have been going on, but with the government involved now and unanimously, no less. Uh, it really helps raise the bar, and uh, hopefully, you know, will bring great things to come in the day, in the days, and, and weeks and months ahead. So, uh, 
Joe, thank you for taking time to, to explain that and help us know. And again, neat some the bipartisanship, but also the local angle, you know, representative Smith from New Jersey, the bill's author and, uh, among other things. So there's a lot of good things coming into play here. And, um, I can only imagine if you lost your home, somebody who's lost their house in a fire might be the closest thing you could come to it. And the sense of utter loss, um, I, I used to do some lift driving and I gave a ride to a woman from California and uh, just about a year ago and she was flying in her hundred plus year old house had burned down oh. and uh, I was giving her a ride to visit her sister and her dad and mom. And uh, fortunately, none of them were in the house at the time, but, and she, and she was old enough, mature enough to say as devastating as that is to lose everything. We're grateful that none of us, perished in the fire. The fire actually went up the laundry chute to her old bedroom where her sister was currently living. And if she'd been home, she would have been killed instantly. So they had that appreciation, but at the same time, a great sadness. They're staying in a house across the street from where they used to live. And uh, all your things are gone. All your, your, your memories are gone in the sense of physically, all your photos, all your, everything's gone. And uh, to help people rebuild, I mean, wow, that's about one of the lowest points a person could probably be. So, so that's great to know that that's what's happening with this bill and with Knights of Columbus. So, uh, again, thank you for well, you know, in, sharing in point, that. In point of fact, just just one little detail. Yeah, we we as looking at this situation, we realized what we should do is is adopt a town for starters and rebuild that town, and we did that. Columbus, it's called, and we, the government of Hungary actually had done a similar thing. They chose a town. I don't know know its name, and they said we'll do, we'll we'll focus our efforts here in this town. And they spent about $2 million doing it. So we challenged our members and others that if we could, get, we could raise $2 million, we can do this for a whole town. And we did it. Wow. And so where, which part? Was it Iraq or Syria? or? Oh, it's Iraq. It's in northern Iraq on the end of a plane. That's a great Which idea. I mean, people love to rally, rally around in a cause where you can actually feel like, okay, we did some good in one spot, a concrete area, not just here and there. But that's a great idea. Yeah, it's worked well, and others have picked up the theme, and they've done other towns with Love it. Some other organizations. Joe Collins from Knights of Columbus has been our guest. Thank you so much, Joe. A privilege to talk to you, and maybe we'll talk again down the road to keep up on what's happening with K, uh, KF, uh, sorry, KOFC.org is the site. I'm looking at that to share that uh, with yeah. Knights of Columbus. So thanks again. It was my pleasure. I hope we can do it again. Very good. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Now. Right, bye-bye. Joe Cullen with the Knights of Columbus. Again, their site is kofc.org. 433. We'll do a short break and then we'll continue our conversation. We have a couple of cool things to hand out before the end of the program, too. Hang on. More is coming up. AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 437 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. It's the Tim Show. Thanks for tuning in. Forecast calling for a kind of cloudy evening. Oh, dropping to 29, staying cloudy tomorrow. Might get a sliver of sunshine, high 43. Then Friday, staying cloudy. Rain likely to move in in the afternoon and or evening. Friday's high up to 50. Peeking ahead to the weekend. Saturday, cloudy with a shower too. High 53. And then Sunday, cloudy. High 45. Sixers are home tonight. Taking on Brooklyn at 7 o'clock. 
Flyers are on the road at Calgary, 8 o'clock. Eagles have to wait till Sunday night. Playing the Rams on the road, Sunday night football at 8.20. Mentioned yesterday on the program how we wanted to take time during the program for the next uh, week or two heading up to Christmas to maybe feature a Christmas song each day and give you a little backstory on it. Yesterday we talked about Silent Night near the end of the program, and today, because we want to make sure we get the entire song in, we're going to uh, do it right now. And this is about the Christmas song, commonly subtitled Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, or originally subtitled Merry Christmas to You. It's a classic Christmas song written back in 1945 by Bob Wells and Mel Torme. Uh, And according to Torme, the song was actually written during a blistering hot summer in an effort to stay cool by thinking cool. The most performed, at least according to BMI, Christmas song was born. I saw a spiral pad on his, his meaning Wells' piano, with four lines written in pencil, said Torme. The four lines were chestnuts roasting, Jack Frost nipping, yuletide carols, folks, like, folks dressed up like Eskimos. So that's all that was on the paper. Bob did not think he was writing a song lyric. He said he thought if he could immerse himself in winter, he could cool off. Forty minutes later, that song was written. I wrote all the music and some of the lyrics. So it's pretty cool that Mel Torme basically filled in the blank, like Mad Libs of sort, <laughs> in a way, and completed Chestnuts Roasting, Jack Frost Nipping, Yuletide Carols, and the folks dressed up like Eskimos, and completed the song within an hour. The Nat King Cole Trio first recorded it early in 1946, and at Nat King Cole's request and over the objections of his label, Capitol Records, a second recording was made later that same year, which had a small string section in it. Uh, this is the version that became a big hit, both on pop and R&B charts. And then Cole again recorded the song a number of years later in the early 50s, using the same arrangement but this time with a full orchestra uh, arranged and conducted by Nelson Riddle, very famous uh, um, conductor. So, uh, And then again, 1961, there was a stereophonic version. So over a course of 15 years, there were a number of versions that came out. Ralph Carmichael conducted the 1961 version, which is generally regarded as the definitive the version of the song. In 2004, it was actually uh, named most love seasonal song with women in the Coveted demographic of 30 to 49, at least when it comes to some radio, certain radio stations. Uh, the original 1946 recording was inducted into Grammy Hall of Fame back in 1974. So that's a little background on Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, the Christmas song. Let's play that Nat King Cole version for you here. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. 
Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. The most performed Christmas song ever. A Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, Merry Christmas to You. It's going by different names over the years. Classic Nat King Cole version originated in 1945. Bob Wells and Mel Torme. It's uh, coming up on 4:44. We'll take our final break and then we'll continue on with a special giveaway in just a second and a couple other things on our final quarter of this fine broadcast. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 447. You're listening to AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. How are you doing? Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. I love this album, the whole Vince Guaraldi album. So many fun songs on it. It's relaxing, and then it's fun, and it's relaxing again. Things just feel better when you listen to it, you know? By the way, as we're coming down the home stretch to 2018, you might be interested in blessing uh, one of the ministries or more that you hear on WFIL. We're very grateful to team up with lots of them. Let's focus on the family, let's walk in the word, let's in touch. Climbing higher is the program right before this one, every weekday afternoon, and many others. What we have done is put together a list of them on our website, WFIL.com. There's a banner there. 
and you can scroll through them. It makes it easy for you. To click through, send them a word of encouragement, which is totally free. And if you'd like to make a year-end contribution, I'm sure they would appreciate that too. Certainly not required, but certainly a blessing as you wrap up the year and look back and uh, give them a, a, a little bit of an appreciation. So on our site, just it says, bless your favorite ministries. There's a banner right at WFIL.com where you can do that. So tomorrow night in New York City at Carnegie Hall, Keith and Kristen Getty are going to do a concert. You may have heard of them. They're basically modern hymn writers. They've done a bunch of songs that have been sung in uh, many, many churches around the world. Some of their songs include The Power of the Cross, Christ is Risen, He is Risen Indeed, uh, In Christ Alone is a huge one as well. And many uh, artists have covered their songs, ranging from Alison Krauss to Jim Brickman, Newsboys, you name it. So uh, they're, they're all over the place. They have a, 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 you know, had a profound impact on uh, modern hymn writing and, and many songs that are sung in churches these days. So they're in New York City tomorrow night. And I got a friend who's connected with the Gettys. And so, uh, so oh, I just got a Facebook message here. Let me see. I'll tell you what. While we set this up, I just got a message from my friend who works with the Gettys, and she said he's available because I just I just we just got this real quick. So, Joe, how about we play "In Christ Alone" for a minute or two, and we'll get uh, Keith Getty on the phone, and we'll chat, and then just want you to know I have some tickets for Carnegie Hall tomorrow night to see the concert free. So be ready to do that after the song and our chat with Keith. Coming up in just a minute. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. And in Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness Scorned by the ones he came to save Till on that cross as Jesus died The wrath of God was satisfied For every sin on him was laid Here in the death of Christ body lay light of the world by darkness slain 
Then bursting forth in glorious day Up from the grave he rose again And as he stands in victory Sin's curse has lost its grip on me For I am his and he is mine But with the precious blood of Christ No guilt in life, no fear in death This is the power of Christ in me From life's first cry to final breath Jesus commands my destiny No power of hell, no scheme of man Can ever pluck me from his hand Till he returns or calls me home Five sixty WFIL. That's uh, Keith and Kristen Getty, and in Christ alone. And we are privileged to have Keith and. Are you both together at this point? Hey guys, my wife actually in the car beside me, but I'm on my phone. We're <laughs> heading out on our annual date in New York City. We play Carnegie Hall tomorrow night, and we're going out to our favorite French restaurant. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. So you've done this before? Yeah, our girls are with the nannies and their friends at the Brooklyn Diner. Which is right beside our hotel. That's great. And they're, about, they're having a load of fun there. So it's great. That's fantastic. Well, thanks for making time to be available. And we're actually winding down the show in the next four or five minutes. And this is perfect to catch you. We don't want to take you away from date night. Those are important to have. But uh, you've been to Carnegie Hall before, right? So this is not the first time you've been there. But tell us what the show is going to be like. What's in store for folks who come? Well, this is year five of Irish Christmas. And uh, so it, it, it's, it, it's the one I'm most excited about. It's a. Uh, the first half, we, we really we, we in the first half of the show. It's all about the old way that carols came about in Ireland: three dances, three instrumental music, three performers, three street performers in the villages, and going around door to door. And so that that's represented by John Patitucci and a number of jazz musicians from New York who are guesting with us. Andrew Nemer, uh, the Lebanese tap dancer, uh, who is a who of course you can see in the TED talks, but also a pastor here in New York. And then probably the most exciting thing for your audience will be. It's the 200th anniversary of the hymn Silent Night. And it's the first hymn in recorded memory that used what we would call a modern guitar, kind of beyond lutes and, and lyres and all those kind of things. It actually used a guitar because the church that Christmas, the pipe organ broke down and the whole town were so sad that they weren't going to get to sing that someone brought their guitar in and they performed Silent Night. And so we've flown Phil Keggy in for the 200th anniversary. He's written a new piece inspired by Silent Night and then he's going to accompany over 3,000 people in that hall singing Silent Night in harmony. Oh, it's tomorrow night. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second half, we're going to do Lessons and Carols. We read through the Christmas story. And Chris will be reading that through with our, with our good friend, Tim Keller, who will do a little, do a little homily near the end, a little seven-minute homily near the end. And we get to sing some of our favorite carols. In fact, really all of my favorite carols at the top of our voices. So it's going to be a wonderful night. There's less than 100 tickets left. There's a, there'll be a big choir on stage as well. And uh, it's just a, it's just 
It's just a really wonderful night to celebrate celebrate the Christmas story. That's fantastic. Chatting with Keith Getty. You know, Tim Keller, small side note, he was actually one of the pastors at my church many years ago before he went to New York. So kidding me. Nope. He's, a, he's a Pennsylvania boy. Yes, yes, he was at New Life Church over in uh, Glenside, Abington area. And uh, yeah, <laughs> now up in New York and all that. So that's fantastic. Well, my wife and I want to come, so maybe we'll see you there tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. And, and, and uh, can you paint another little picture? Just uh, you know, You've been doing music since you were a kid, right? So this is, the, you, you mentioned the number 200 for Silent Night. You yourself, I think, have been connected to a couple hundred projects over the years, all sorts of things like that. Uh, if you had uh, just a word to share with people about the, the power of music, just because you've, you've experienced so many different kinds, uh, families that are listening, the investment it is to, to do that, what would you share with people to help encourage them along those lines? Oh, well, music is one of the greatest gifts that this earth has been given. And I mean, you just have to see the power of them in Christmas carols, you know. If you think even of Silent Night, you know, 200 years, and you think you think of how, how, how it, that song is like a lullaby, how it is almost cathartic, and how it soothes people, it gives people a sense of peace in what is the most rushed and, and often emotional, and for some even lonely times of the year. And so they get to sing Silent Night, and they get to sing this beautiful melody, they get to sing this beautiful poetry, and of course they get to sing it in harmony as well. So it's just every night I get to watch people sing these carols, you know, I, I even hearing, watching faces sing, come the long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and our sins. Release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's hope and consolation. Joy of all the earth. And you can almost match every line of that to a different face in the audience each night. It's the power, it's the power of singing and of music that simple words can't, just can't do by themselves. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we're excited about the show and glad to have you on here. Enjoy your date night. What's on the menu? Anything special? French sure. restaurant, you said? Well, yeah, my, my wife's getting a rotisserie chicken. She she's <laughs> going to go for that. I'm probably going to go for I'm probably going to go for fish. But sometimes she makes me order the steak free so she can have some of those too. <laughs> so it's whatever she wants. But it's um it's our friend's restaurant. We just we go there every year. We, we Chris and I love traditions. You know, we love to. Yeah. So honestly, we love to be able to sit sit down together and 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 give thanks for you know what what, what, what the Lord has done in the last year. And I think it's important Amen. for each of us to. To, you know, both to eat with Thanksgiving and to sing with Thanksgiving and to live with Thanksgiving and to celebrate our families with Thanksgiving. Keith well. Getty, thank you so much. God bless you. We'll hopefully see you tomorrow night. It's the end of our sure. program. Yeah, and uh, Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministry, is going to pray next. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com